Percy, have you ever received what you would consider a miracle from God? You know, I've been asked this question quite a bit because I do a lot of radio interview, cross podcast interviews. And, you know, interesting enough, enough, Wayne, I would say that I am not consciously aware of a miracle that I have received in the context and by definition by which I define miracle. I would say this, that I have been immensely blessed hmm. uh, by God for sure in many, many, many ways that I could not count or, or unpack to you. But I would be hard pressed to say that I've ever received a miracle that I am aware of. And I think we should have a conversation today to attempt to discuss the possible difference between the two as I understand it. And we'll hear from a minister today who believes that miracles are not God's best. She will explain why as we stay tuned. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Well, welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae. Pastor P is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, which is part of City of Hope, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Okay, so we're going to talk about our life belongs to God the Creator today. That's our resource, by the way, available at the website, Percy. But this whole conversation, I think, is going to be pretty interesting to have. It is, and I want to keep it spicy. So with that being said, <laughs> uh, as, as, as one uh, interviewer said to me, he said, Reverend McCray, I don't want you to come here to give me the standard platitudes of theology and Christianity. I want you to challenge us a little bit. Right. Today... I think this conversation is going to challenge, or or if I could say it differently, maybe expand our thought and, and view around the idea and the concept that I truly believe in of what is called being or having or receiving a miracle. Okay. So uh, I'm going to be interested to find out what you've chosen for Scripture to open this program with. <laughs> yeah, with that being said, so Second uh, Corinthians the ninth chapter, verse eight, is going to be our foundation scripture. And I want you to really, I need you to focus and follow me. I'm going to try to take you somewhere. And if ultimately where I drop you off, you don't like, you can get back on the bus and go to the next stop. <laughs> okay. But with that being said, here's where we're going to try to go for today. And this, this is a scripture that I never knew as a kid growing up, though I was born and raised in church. I learned the scripture later on down the line when I was an adult, and it literally changed my life. So with that second thing, this, and God is able to bless you abundantly. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This is my working scriptural definition, despite what any TV preacher has ever said about being prospered or living in prosperity. It is not necessarily, in my opinion, uh, having a lot of money, having access to, to wealth and resources, as much as, according to exactly what was said here, that God's blessings, because we're going to talk about blessings versus miracles here in just a minute, uh, God will uh, allow his blessings to be abundant to us so that in all things, uh, having all that we need, we will be able to abound in every good work. That does not necessarily mean having a lot of money because there are some things money cannot buy. Right. 
I have ministered to and I've been on private jets with millionaires who have wept in my lap because their life was bankrupt Mm -hmm. despite they had several zeros in their banking account. Mm -hmm. Are you listening to me today? Mm -hmm. And so having wealth and an abundance of wealth is not necessarily being prospered and that's not necessarily prosperity from a spiritual perspective. So today we're going to talk about having the blessings of God versus looking for a miracle. What are the differences between the two? Boy, it's going to be fascinating indeed. All right, that's coming up as an interview in just a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our free resource, as I mentioned earlier, Your Life Begone. Our free resource, as I mentioned earlier, is titled Your Life Belongs to God, Not Cancer. And you can download that at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And you can do so right now if you choose, even while you're listening to our podcast. Well, if you are concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America, which is part of City of Hope, for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number is 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. After the interview to come here in a moment, we'll unpack what we learn with Percy. But first, let's listen to his conversation. Hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, the cancer pastor, Reverend Percy McCray. I'm back again with you with another episode and another compelling conversation about health, healing, wholeness, hope, etc. And today I have a dear friend of mine. I love this lady with all my heart and soul. I've known her for close to 30 years, which means I'm old. That's what that basically boils down to. Uh, And we were reconnected uh, not too long ago. And so today I welcome and bring to the microphone Reverend Angela Pewitt uh, to the show. Welcome, my dear. How you doing? I am good today. Thank you. How are you, Reverend Percy McCray? I am good, sweetie. I am. I am. I'm. I'm in love with life. I'm still in love with God, and I'm still in love with Angie. So uh, let, let me let me get this background a little bit. It's important. I met both you and your husband at an event of a mutual friend of mine that I went to Bible college with, who had an event, and I was the guest speaker. And uh, I met both you and Mervin there. Merv played the keyboard. He's a musician. And uh, the music piece of this is going to be really important, okay? And so uh, (laughs) I met uh, Angie and Merv at that event, and we just fell in love with each other. We just did. I had not started my church at that time. I was still actually living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And when I came back to Illinois, started my church, and we reconnected. And Angie and Merv was one of two of the founding members of my congregation. And so for those who are listening who may be familiar with Fred Hammond, you know, Fred is a tremendous uh, minister of music. He's gifted. He's talented. And he produced a CD and he had a young lady on his CD that basically was exhorting on this CD. And um, I was listening to it today and it just it just it flooded me with emotion. And so when I started the church, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting together my little pieces of my church and I needed, you know, someone to help with praise and worship and, and to kind of help open the service and so on and so forth. And so Angie, Angela, Reverend Angela, <laughs> always is, is, has been this person with full of energy, full of fire. Yeah. This woman got some juice. And I, <laughs> and so I asked her, would she be willing to kind of, uh, kind of open our service and, and kind of be our exhorter uh, for praise and worship? Now, remind you, her husband, Merv, was playing the keyboard for us, okay? So Angie says, hey, I can't sing a lick now. Merv can play, but I can't sing, okay? (laughs) But I'll get up here and I'll exhort the people. And I was like, listen, I don't care what you do, but I want that energy. I want you to open up our services. And let me tell you something. When this woman opened up her mouth and when she began to exhort and greet and welcome the people to enter into praise and worship, it was a tangible presence of the anointing of God that came mm-hmm. upon her and came upon the congregation. And I didn't know then what I know today. I was like, I don't know what she's going to do in the future, but she she gifted it. And, and I want that energy. And so uh, that started our relationship. And so uh, today, many years later, she has now been. Uh, you know, she's been she's now in the ministry. She's been ordained. She works at her local church. Uh, and I'll have her tell us about her local church and what she does there. She does a Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, she has her own podcast. But uh, we're going to talk to her also about many years ago. She had a brain aneurysm. And, um, you know, many people do not survive that type of health occurrence. And uh, many people called her a miracle. And we're going to talk about that today. But First and foremost, uh, name of your church, what you're doing there, what's the name of your podcast, and what's the name of the Wednesday night Bible study that you do, dear? Okay, so um, my church is Progressive Baptist Church in Aurora, and um, I am the uh, Wednesday night Warriors Bible teacher. So we have a Wednesday night Bible study, and we are called the Wednesday Night Warriors. I also have a podcast called Authentic Changes, and that's on Apple, Spotify, and um, I am busy. And if you know Angie as I do, believe me, that's not an understatement. This is not a woman that's sitting around waiting for the for, for some for the grass to grow underneath her feet. That is for sure. She's a wife. She's a mother. She also has a a teen son. Is he a teen? He's still a teen, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. So just just that alone, uh, she's busy, but she's doing so much more, and and I'm excited. Well, we we talked earlier when we reconnected at your ordination. I said, listen, I want to get you on the show. Angie and I want to talk about because she made a comment during her ordination service when it was time for her to give her commentary about the fact that you know many people always referred to that time and that was many many years ago I remember when Murph called me on the phone he said pastor I need you to get to the hospital right now Angie had an aneurysm I was like what and you know I, I, I drove up uh or drove down uh, uh, to the area, to the hospital where she was. And sure enough, she's in, she's in the bed and she's in bad shape. And, um, you know, and through the power of modern medicine and science and prayer, you know, Angie is still alive today. I guess what that's 20 plus years later now, sister Angie. Okay. And, and in your commentary, you made the statement, uh, at, at your ordination that many people like to refer to your, to that episode and call you a miracle. And you said you always struggled with uh, hearing that and, and how people would always try to associate or make it seem like you were something special, uh, you right. know, from God's perspective, because, quote unquote, you know, 
through again through prayer and, yeah. and your spiritual walk with God, but also we want to be clear: good modern medicine and science. You yes. know, you were yes. in a hospital, you were treated by a doctor, that you survived that experience. Let's talk yes. a little bit because we hear the word miracle thrown out a lot, and in the mm-hmm. halls of medicine and science. Uh, particularly from a physician's perspective, they get a little nervous around the word miracle, and I understand why. And in some cases, uh, people tend to just loosely throw that term out there and associate it with situations. And I do believe in miracles. I believe that miracles take place all the time. I don't believe that miracles take place as much as people try to make it sound like miracles take place. (laughs) But, you know, and and again, it's it's all in one's vantage point. There's no question about that. But let's start. Let's go back to the top of why you have historically struggled with people loosely throwing that term out. And why did why? Because you were a bit. I'll use the word agitated, okay? And that could be an incomplete word. But you were very clear about the fact that it's like, I just need to make it very clear to everybody. I'm not anybody special. Because you right. you had a mom uh, who came yeah. to, uh, I believe it was an aneurysm. Yes. And yes. also your mother-in-law uh, yes. was a cancer patient who passed away. And yes. you made the point, I'm not anything better. I'm not more special than my mother. And I was not anything more special than my mother-in-law. So at the end of the day, you said, I struggle with how people try to associate that with you as if you were something special. Let's talk about it. Right. I think that for me, I struggle with it because, you know, being in the church, you know, uh, you kind of. People like to put things and titles on you to associate you or to make you stand out. And I just never wanted people to feel like I prayed more than they did. I did something different than they did. No, I, I just did not believe that. So I really had to go to God with this because it was just really bothering me. And I wanted to be centered because when people call you things, sometimes your flesh can, can, can get comfortable in that thinking that you are something different and special and God has something, you know, and oh my God. So I struggled with that and I asked God and immediately I was open enough to receive and I really know firmly that the Lord broke it down and let me know that miracles are not his best. Okay. So that that, 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 that kind of stuck the needle in the balloon and took me way down. Like, okay, okay. And then I'm like, okay. And so it really worked out where he really explained to me that a miracle is when God has to do something in the natural. Yep supernaturally to make things work out in your favor. And the Bible says that the blessings of the Lord make us rich and add no sorrow. So the blessings of God is his best. Miracles are not his best. So immediately it took a whole lot of pressure off me to let me know, you know, Hey, you don't have to give in to that or succumb to that. So when people say it, you can respectfully say, you know, I understand how you see it. But if we saw it another way, yeah. the eyes of the way that the word says it, you know that miracles are not God's best. Well, so, yeah, and I appreciate that. And I've taught this. I've actually taught this, you know, and one of the working definitions that I learned, and it was very similar to what you said of what a miracle is, is uh, the divine intervention uh, yeah. You know, the supernatural divine intervention on a natural course of things. And yeah. at the end of the day, in some cases, I'll say this and, you know, I don't want I don't want to get any hate mail, but I'll I'll, I'll take the hate <laughs> mail so that you don't have to take it. Okay. Is that, you know, 
in some cases, people are are um, relegated to needing a miracle. And, and to your point, instead of living uh, underneath the blessings of God, which then comes with accountability, responsible yeah. responsibility, doing some things yeah. that we're supposed to do. And when I I'm, and particularly in some cases from a healthcare perspective, sometimes our healthcare scenarios are directly related to we haven't taken good care of our health. We haven't we, we haven't monitored our health. We haven't we don't regularly visit our doctor. You know, if if we're under some type of prescribed medication, uh, we right. tend to you know take that you know in a very sparing way. We just tend to kind of be a little loose and goose with our loose and goosey mm-hmm. with our health from a spiritual perspective. And in some cases, as an example, uh, I recall vividly, I remember counseling a young woman who had a very aggressive stage four breast cancer. And she came to the facility, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, where I still work to this day, you know, going on my Mm -hmm. 28th year. And she said, Pastor, I need to counsel with you. I I had my uh, assessment and my workup, and I definitely have uh, breast cancer. I need to do something about it. Uh, They are requiring certain treatment options, but I I just don't believe that that's what God wants me to do. And so I'm just going to go home I'm going to do uh, just go all holistic. I'm going to eat vegetables and and do nutri- uh, naturopathic supplements only and et cetera. And, you know, four months later, three months later, she passed away. And it was a very unfortunate situation because her cancer was treatable because breast cancer yes. is very treatable, yes. uh, very much like prostate cancer. And yet because in her mind, in her head, I'm just yes. going to trust God. I'm just going to only go natural. I'm not going to adhere to any type of medical process. And, you know, and she died. And I think that that happens to a lot of people because they get confused in their head theologically that if I'm really walking by faith and, right. and not by sight and trusting God, I don't need to see my doctor. I don't have to go get a checkup. Uh, I don't have to, you know, consult medically with anyone. I'll just pray and I'll just pray this away. And in many cases, that really turns out not to be a favorable situation. So I and so now then you end up needing a miracle. Yeah. You're you know now yeah. you're calling for a miracle instead yes. of walking underneath the blessing, as you said, yes. of God. Uh-huh. And the blessing of God is this: thank God that we have access to, yes. to medical treatment, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> every yes. good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father yes. of Lights, and so. Here you are today, many years later, you are alive and well. Yes, I had brain surgery and and, and my aneurysm was a little different. Um, my Usually aneurysms break and then they just tie the ends together. However, mine never did. Mine was just a puncture in the vein okay. that was leaking. So they actually had to draw an imaginary line, cut and stop that. Okay. So yes, I, I, I was in the hospital 22 days in ICU and another five days in recovery. Yes, <laughs> yes. so I did have brain surgery. But you know, in the midst of that, I could see God working. Yeah, yeah. And I had to be uh, para-jetted to uh, Chicago, Northwestern. So, but I realized later that all of that really, and, and I know it sounds really funny, but it really did work for my good because it changed my mind. Yeah. You know, it took me from, 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 from knowing to believing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and many of us can stand on the word and we know the word, but do we really believe it works for us? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, they're probably without fail. Every cancer patient that I've ever talked to, 
they they come out of their experience with a very different mental makeup. Number one, about themselves and and their relationship with God, in 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 a knowing of okay, I've just walked through. The, you know, literally the valley of the shadow of death. And, and I'm still here to tell that story. So do you believe there was a purpose for your healthcare journey? So when it comes to healing, not just uh, physically, you know, mentally as well, you understand that the same, I felt like the same surgery that I needed for my head, I needed for my soul. Well, I can remember you saying on many occasions, and you actually said this at your ordination service, that, you know, hey, Angela has been a work in progress over many years. I've been knowing the Lord a long time, uh, (laughs) but but there has been phases and stages of my life that, you know, I've had to grow, develop, work through, that God had to kind of help me work through to to develop, yes. to become the person that I am today. Yes. And I would yes. say this, Reverend, you ain't alone. Okay. You know, folks, most folks at church just be lying at the end of the day, <laughs> or they have amnesia and forget about who they was yes. before they mm-hmm. met God. And in many cases, yep. even still after they met God, we all are work in progress. And so with that being said, um, you know, you you and I I've known you and and you have grown and you have developed. You're you're an unbelievable uh, human being and an unbelievable uh, gift to I think of uh, the people of God to exhort and to encourage them. And that's where the podcast come from, authentic changes, because I think that we work on the wrong pieces of ourselves. Mm. And so when I think of authentic changes, I don't think of the change that necessarily has anything to do with the outer part of us. It's the inner part of us and our soul that really is the soul that needs the surgery. And when you go deep, you have to deal with every piece of, of, of every piece of you. And when you learn to love every piece, even the pieces that you thought were ugly and you wanted to hide, yeah. that brings the authentic change. Well, so, yes, it reminds me of the scripture and, and maybe we'll use this scripture for this show where it says in James, where it says that above all things, I desire that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. But again, being made whole in yes. our soul is really what yes. you're talking about. Having said that, let's flip the script here. What would you say to um, a person who is a believer who's been standing and trusting and believing God for a miracle and they do not receive a miracle? And let's say, let's take it a step further, uh, particularly okay. if we're talking about health and wellness. And I'm going to give you five yes. examples within okay. the last four years of great okay. faith leaders who yeah. who have died directly re- as a result of health. Uh, yes. At the top of the list is Tony Evans' wife. His wife yeah. passed away of cancer just before COVID. Uh, yes. Shortly thereafter, Dr. Louis Tony uh, Louis Palau, the great uh, evangelist from South America, yes. died of cancer. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Evans' wife died of cancer. Then right. then two of my you know my near and dear to my heart favorites is Dr. John Cherry passes away. Yes. He aspirated on the table after receiving an endoscopy. And then mm-hmm. Dr. Uh, Dr. Casey Price in California died as a result of complications from COVID and never came yes. home from the hospital. These are all great. I'm not talking about the average, for people that are listening, the average church yeah. membership in America. So don't get it twisted when you see these guys and gals on right. TV is about 150 to 200 people. That's yes. the average membership 
of a congregation in America. We're talking about people who surpassed those types of numbers with their reach, who were people who wrote books, who have put uh, sermons online, and they all had to deal with and I would yes. imagine on at some point we're believing uh, for a miracle, but did not receive that. What yes. do you say theologically to someone? Because I've been in this position. I've had to ask okay. answer this question. Uh, okay. You know, Reverend McCray, why did why did God not answer our prayer and heal my mom or heal my dad? And in this case, we're talking about Fred Price. We're talking about John Cherry. We're talking about Tony Evans's wife. We're yes, talking about Lord. Louis Palau. What do you say to that to give some balance for someone listening today? You may be believing God for a miracle, and that is your right to do so. But if someone does not receive a miracle, are they out of the will of God? Did they not just not have enough faith, Reverend? What what do you say? No, no that, that definitely is not it. I, I would definitely have to go to Ecclesiastes. Mm. There is a time and a season for everything. Come on, Rev. And I think that where we go kind of left is when we think that even though we've presented our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, and even though we've lived our lives the same way, and even though we've had, I mean, awesome blessings in our life, there still comes a time when there is a season for us to give this thing up and we have to go. And I think that, unfortunately, we as reverends and pastors, we do a disservice when we do not teach people to live in the season. We always say, well, we're looking for this season and we're looking for that season. But, you know, we we tend to tell people when they receive God, everything's going to be okay and all right. And it'll always be great. But there are seasons where they're not so great. It doesn't rain every day in spring, but it does rain. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're in the winter in Chicago <laughs> right. and it gets pretty cold, but it doesn't snow every day. Right. So I think in every season of our lives, we need to really teach people how to really understand that there is a season that will come that you as a human have nothing to do with. It was, it was already predestined before the day you were born and the things that you've done while you were here is awesome. But there comes a time where there will be a date after the dash. Yeah. yeah. And I think we need to teach people about that. Yeah. And I forgot to mention uh, probably on the top of my list of, of spiritual Mm -hmm. mentors who I had an opportunity to meet on several occasions Mm -hmm. Dr. Miles Monroe, he and his wife died in a plane crash, you know, as, At the he, same time. Yeah, yes. as he was going to uh, lead a, a men's conference. Uh, yes. He, his wife, his assistant pastor, his assistant pastor's wife and another associate all died in a plane crash. Yes. And, and people were, were just stunned because they were trying to figure <laughs> out. How did this happen to the man and woman of God? And the answer, quite frankly, or one of the answers, it can be exactly mm-hmm. what you just stated. And I appreciate that. Uh, and I'll just add and, and piggyback onto that, sure. that it's appointed once unto every man. And so we can be politically correct because that's the culture we live in today. So, ladies, you get in on every some of this, woman. too. And woman, it's appointed once for every one of us to die. And, it's, and yeah. we cannot and will not be able to stop that. And so... Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate you giving that giving that response. And, you know, I think that for me, it, 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 it really came home when my niece, who was uh, 27 and she had a heart condition and I found her and she was 
dead and my my son really struggled with it because she was so young yeah but then we had to really explain to him there's a season yeah. for everything we don't we don't know when is the day yeah. so we just have to be ready well i i appreciate that uh i think that there's something to be said to kind of hear that other side of the story and and in spite of all of that you are still here. You are alive and well and uh, yes. and doing great things. And I want to say I'm so proud of you. I love you with, with a godly love. I am so grateful for the path and the journey for both you and Merv. But I wanted to have a very candid and frank conversation around this, this dynamic around miracles. And so I hope someone listening today does not misconstrue this conversation. Right. I believe in miracles. I believe that I miracles too. are real and legitimate. Yes. But I also am mindful of the fact that uh, sometimes we throw the term miracle out very loosely and we use that term very loosely, but we don't get to dictate or tell God when, where, or how uh, and that is part of everything that you've just theologically unpacked for us. And, and so we have to really understand, too, that the miracle could be the doctor he sent you to. For people who have walked away and in, and in fact may have walked away from the from the avenue of the miracle that God has for you. Yeah. Call medicine. I remember because the hospital I was in, the surgeon was very honest and he's like, this is not one I want to touch. So let's just get her in contact with someone that somewhere else. And that, too, can be a miracle. There you go. There you yeah. go, sis. Yeah. Listen, you're listening to Andrew, the Reverend Angela Pewitt, keeping <laughs> it real, keeping it balanced. And that's what we need to do. we got to stay balanced. we got to keep it real, yeah. folks. And at the end of the day, uh, all at the bottom of all of it, God is involved in it all. He truly yes. is. And so, yes. well, I thank God for you, sis. Thank you for your time. I know you're busy and uh, you're doing doing what you do. But don't forget about your brother. For, uh, and let's stay, <laughs> let's stay in touch. And um, with that being said, maybe we'll circle back in another four or five months, see what you're doing. Uh, I know you. How's the podcast going? Doing well? It is going well. Good. Yes, going very well. Thank yes. you so much. Reverend Angie Pruitt, be good, be well, and uh, we'll talk very soon. Thank you, sweetie. Yes. Bye. Bye. That's Percy McCray with our guest, and as promised, we'll talk about what we've just learned here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. But first, I hope you know by now that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide Meditations have teamed up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to the HHI community. Abide makes Bible meditation delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day and rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. Quiet your mind, relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Once again, the letters HHI and the number 22433. We believe you will be blessed and encouraged. I was blessed to hear that conversation just now. Thank you, Percy, for bringing your old friend Angela to the program here today. She is a dear friend, uh, and dare I say, my spiritual daughter to a certain extent, that I was uh, introduced to her at a time when she was rather young, uh, had just gotten married. Her husband, Merv, who is one of the most upstanding and nicest people you will ever meet in your life uh, through a mutual friend of ours. And we we just fell in love with each other. And they became founding members of, of my congregation that I started many, many years ago. Excellent. So, yeah, I impact all of that. But she is now in the ministry. She's been ordained. 
And I was asked to be part of her ordination service, and it was a privilege and a pleasure to do so. And in her comments at her ordination service, this is what struck me, uh, because we heard the history, she had a brain aneurysm, so on and so forth, that everyone, you know, would would celebrate and kind of lavish upon her this distinction of being a walking miracle. And she said it made her uncomfortable. Mm And, and in that, she unpacked what she thought about uh, miracles from her interpretation from a biblical sense. And she said that she believes that, that, that it, is, it is more in the perfect will of God that we walk in the blessings yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. And so that's why I read the scripture that I did. And I just want to highlight a couple of words here to help us, because I know that we're going to, because you have some, some, some input here, Wayne, okay. that I want to, to, well, to dialogue around as well. And that is the fact that, uh, according to the text that we read, that, and God is able to bless, God is able to bless you or I abundantly so that in, and here's the operative word for me that shifts my theological thinking a little bit, in all things and at all times. Well, when we talk about miracles, and I believe in miracles, she said that miracles are not God's best. That was the statement that she made. Mm -hmm. And she unpacked her perspective on why she felt that way. And she said that it is better that we walk in the blessings of the Lord, or that is God's best for our lives. Well, when we unpack scriptures that associate the word blessings to it, this particular scripture, it says that in all things and at all times, I would I would submit for everyone's consideration that everyone in all situations and at all times do not receive a miracle. Mm-hmm. And this becomes the rub <laughs> because then we get into a, a theological debate. And let me even add beyond that, Wayne, is the fact in the halls of medicine and science, if I could be perfectly candid, it is one of the reasons why learned people of science and medicine sometimes struggle with religious theological schools of thought because they're trying to obviously logically explain and come to terms with sometimes very complicated spiritual orientations that, again, imagine being a doctor who who treats patients, particularly cancer patients, who sees their fair share of patients who love God, who have prayed to God, who are trusting God, and then they end up dying. We've talked about it a lot on this show, Wayne. We've talked about Dr. Tony Evans and his wife who passed away. Mm -hmm. Certainly Dr. Tony Evans would get a miracle if nobody else would get one. Mm -hmm. Certainly he would. Well, okay. Now, maybe maybe Dr. Tony Evans or his wife stepped out of the will of God. I don't think that they did. I'm not saying that they have. Well, certainly Dr. Luis Palau, Mm -hmm. who died of cancer, would receive a miracle after praying over and probably seeing his fair share of miracles uh, in the jungle and the bush of South America and Central America, but he didn't. He passed away. That doesn't mean he wasn't blessed. It just means that he didn't receive a miracle. Mm-hmm. Miracles cannot, in my opinion, be conducted or orchestrated at all times and in all scenarios, in all situations, right. as the scripture is suggesting that we can walk in the abundance of the blessings of the Lord at all times. Yeah, yeah. It's an important balance to keep in mind, isn't it? It is. And so let me do this, Wayne. I'm going to flip the script. I'm, okay. I'm going to be you. Okay. okay. And that's All hard right. to do. Okay. For many different reasons. Okay. <laughs> all right. Don't be too you tough know, on I me know, now. <laughs> I, but I know, Wayne, as an example, first of all, if you, for those that are listening, you don't know who Wayne Shepherd is. I need you to do a little research. This is a man that has a tremendous uh, 
heritage of work in the field of God, obviously radio, et cetera, but you've been on the mission field. You still are working in the mission field with others that are out there who you have uh, communicated with and who have described to you what they believe were miracles under some of the most enormous set of circumstances. Right. I want to give you the floor to talk about that. A little well, bit. like you, Percy, I don't feel as though I've ever been the recipient of a miracle. I have certainly yeah. been blessed by God in many, many mm. ways. So, so mm. I resonate with you completely on that point. But I cannot deny the existence of these miracles, um, especially okay. as I've traveled to places in the world and sat and listened in some pretty remote areas to people give account of what God did in a situation. And I, and I, I listened to that story and I think, that's an outright miracle of God that that happened. And I cannot mm-hmm. deny that. It, it seems to me, and this is my opinion, no one else's but mine, that where there is an absence of the word of God, God breaks through in other ways and sometimes breaks through with a miracle. That's, that's the only conclusion I can come to as a believer. And that's a good, and so let's go, let's counterbalance this conversation. And I believe that both Reverend, Reverend Angela Pewitt and I also came back behind her to say that uh, what I understand and believe a working definition of a miracle is, is the supernatural intervention of God right. on a natural course of things. Right. So if we stay just within that context of a good, clean definition, I think that we we may not stray too far left or right. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, certainly what I was taught by elder uh, spiritual leaders is that the primary purpose, because remember, this is all about the purpose of God. What is the purpose of a miracle? Hmm. Uh, Sister Angie unpacked the fact that everybody wanted to worship her. They wanted to Hmm. establish that she had some kind of special relationship with God, that she was some kind of super anointed individual. She said it made her terribly uncomfortable. And she did not like that. She did not want that. Her, Her mother died of an aneurysm, which is what she had, that many considered to be a miracle based upon her circumstances. And I was at the hospital with her during some of those periods of times, and it was touch and go, no question about it. Her husband's mother had cancer who passed away, and these are all people and women of faith, and yet they passed. They didn't receive, quote unquote, a miracle or a supernatural intervention on the natural course of things that happened to them from a physical healthcare perspective. But but what is important to add is the point that you just made is that by and large, as I have been instructed and taught and believe, is that miracles are primarily the this is exactly how I heard it, is the dinner bell that God rings for people who do not know God, mm. who have not experienced. God, mm-hmm. and in some cases have no working uh, knowledge about God to arrest their attention to say that there is something else bigger or supernatural that happened here, and that that then arrests their attention to kind of bring them back to the feet of there is a God who sits in heaven that has the power to do things to supersede the natural consequences of an activity unto salvation. And so that ties very neatly, in my opinion, with the last statement that you made, particularly when we talk about remote parts of the world Mm -hmm. where there is no church, where there's no Bible, where there's no recognition of the omnipotent God. How does God get those people's attention? Well, he has to do some things that are supernatural 
And that is primarily the purpose of miracles, as I believe. And so Sister Angie's point was she doesn't believe. So let me restate the point. Mm -hmm. She doesn't believe that miracles are God's best. She didn't say she didn't believe in a miracle. She Mm -hmm. didn't even say that she wasn't a recipient of Mm -hmm. a miracle. She says she doesn't believe that miracles are God's best, Mm -hmm. but living under the blessings of God. Is his best, and I wanted yeah. to just kind of balance. Such that an important out. point to be made. It really is. I urge you to go back and listen carefully again. If you, that's the beauty. This is a podcast. You know, you can hear uh, the mm. proverbial rewind, so to speak, uh, anytime, <laughs> and go back and listen again. But uh, or, or listen to any other program that we've done through the years where we've touched on this topic as well. So um, that's available to you at the website healthhopeandinspiration.com. Okay, absolutely. Anything else you want to say about it? Because uh, you've been very clear. And very forthright about it. And I, I think our, our, our listeners appreciate that. Last fine point. I believe in miracles. I have seen miracles inside of a, a hospital with cancer patients. I absolutely have. You and have to label we'll them do that, don't you? Yeah. I, and maybe we'll do a show about some of those experiences uh, that there was no other answer humanly possible to what took place to that person with regard to their medical process. But the hand of God that superseded and surpassed the natural course of things. But I can tell you, Wayne, that I have stood by the bedside of many that did not receive a miracle who prayed and asked for one. And so with that, I just want us to be balanced and not out of sorts with God or our spirituality. And so it takes us back to our closing scripture. Yes, so let's yes. always go back to the word and, of God. And we do that because after we've you know process all this, I think we're listening with new ears to what, uh, what yeah. God's word says. So lay it on us, brother. All right. So with that being said, it goes back to Second uh, Corinthians the, uh, uh, and again, eighth uh verse and ninth verse. And it says this, and God is able to bless. Remember, Reverend Angie said that the best of God is to live under the blessings of God. Okay. Miracles are not his best. Living under the blessings of God is his best. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound like every once in a while or (laughs) every certain circumstances. Uh, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that, here's the key for me, that in all things, at all times, I've seen many people who stood, believed, and desired a miracle but did not receive it. And I've been asked, Reverend, what happened? And I had to sit and tell people, I don't know what happened here. I don't know why your prayer wasn't answered. I can't tell you. I can't give you that answer. But with this text and with this school of thought, when we live under the blessings of God, it says that in all things and at all times. And here it is, Wayne, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. May I suggest, and I'm going to take a little bit more time. It's my show. I'm the executive producer. So (laughs) having said that, at every good work may mean that someone passes away and goes to glory. And that there will be people that will be blessed mm-hmm. by the life of that person and the journey of that person Come on and now, yeah. how they yeah. walk in faith, even though they may have passed away. That may very well be a good work. See, we tend to judge and score who's winning, who's <laughs> not winning based upon, based upon an American westernized mindset. Every day you cannot be the guy that gets everything and then stand and say, that made me the winner. So that Paul, Apostle Paul helped us really with this. He said, listen, I am now ready to be offered up. He said, to be absent from the body 
is to be present with the Lord. But he also said, but I'm going to stick around for your sake. In other words, Paul had resolved himself to the fact that whatever happens here, if I leave and, and transition into glory or if I stay and stick around on the earth and be with you and we do some more church services and go to some more conventions and write some more books, you know, and do some more recordings, you know, all the stuff we do today in ministry. He said, that's cool too. But he had a balance to this that he, that it wasn't that he lost or he was losing. He said, listen, it's all good for me. I've ran a good race. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. May I suggest to you that Dr. Luis Palau ran a good race. He fought Amen. a good fight. Right. He finished his course. What? You telling me all the work that he did was for naught because he died of cancer? No way. No, I don't believe that. Uh, Sister uh, Lewis uh, Evans, all of the work standing side by side by that giant, uh, our spiritual giant that has influenced so much modern Christian theology that she lost? No. It was just the fact that in that process, in leaving and transitioning into the presence of God, was a good work. And so it helps us to kind of recalibrate our thinking. Lastly, I know I have been long-winded. As any good preacher would do, I'm working on my third close here. <laughs> I want everyone to be encouraged today. If you don't receive a miracle that is a supernatural intervention on the natural order of things, by definition, as I understand it, that does not mean that you are not or were not in the will or purpose of God. True and that God's blessing still reverberates and hopefully has operated in your life as both Wayne and I have given you an attempt to say, though I don't believe that consciously I've ever received a miracle per se, I have received multiple blessings of God that transcends my circumstances, time and place. And I can say this with clear confidence, Wayne, in every situation, under every circumstance, I saw how God blessed me, kept me, and provided for me. It wasn't necessarily a miracle, but it was certainly the blessing of the Lord. And so hopefully that'll help someone today. We needed that. So, we, we needed to hear that, and I'm confident that someone listening needed to hear that today. God's going to take that, and he's going to use that in people's lives. So, Percy, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for uh, your heart and your love for us to be able to preach that message to us here today. Amen. Well, with that being said, I love you to life and not to death. And I stand and believe with you. If you believe you're needing a miracle, I'll stand and believe with you. I can't guarantee that you'll receive a miracle, but I can certainly stand with you and believe for it. But here's what I can say, that the blessings of the Lord are upon us and they are available to us at all times. And so until the next time, uh, remember, we've got work to do. Let's keep chopping the wood. Thank God. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. 
We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.